about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. And we are back. Welcome to the Four Horsemen Podcast. I'm Dylan, joined by Steve. And the the endless journey through the desert of just nothingness has ended. Our two weeks with no football is coming to an end. Notre Dame football is back. We are getting prepped for Florida State. Steve, how are you feeling after this long, long wait? So bored. So, so bored. I legitimately... What's today? Sunday? <laughs> Losing all track of time because of football, because my Steelers uh, obviously had their game also pushed back because of COVID. Um, yeah, uh, I did nothing this weekend. It's getting a little bit too cold in New England to golf, so I have pretty much called, you know, called a lid on the golf season. Yesterday, I did absolutely nothing except pl- play Xbox for maybe 10 hours, and I repeated that performance today. So I, I don't know. I have nothing else to do with my life. So desperately need some Notre Dame football, and it's going to feel good viewing the Irish on Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's been, despite boring, our, our Twitter account has definitely had some fun. Um, despite not playing yesterday, we had two or three tweets go viral. A viral relative, of course, to college football, Twitter. Um Scooter McGruder, that comedian who does cowboy stuff and, and Florida stuff, uh, is painfully unfunny and uh, tried to compare us to Texas, so we, we snuffed him out there. And then we pointed out that Iowa State beating Oklahoma and then 10 months earlier Notre Dame thrashing Iowa State somehow equates to Notre Dame being overrated. And that is a major problem, and that tweet blew up as well. So... Things are great for us because the fact of the matter is, is everyone's obsessed with Notre Dame. We're always in the spotlight. We are the absolute center of the universe, and you guys know it, and I know it, and that's just the way things are. So now that we've got some football going, I guess we should start with the COVID update. Um, For those of you who will probably know, but those who don't, um, Notre Dame has let everyone know that the positive tests have stopped. They have absolutely isolated this. It was 15 positive cases. Those people are in quarantine. Uh, there is no further spread, which means practice resumed on Wednesday, which means we're playing football this Saturday. Steve, how excited are you oh, for this? Oh, man. We're- Words can't even describe it. First off, want to let it be known that we just have beachfront real estate. I know that terminology is is overused these days, but you know, the expression is really true in regards to uh, uh, you know everyone out in the in the Twitter sphere. Um, and you know, I think through the transient po- property of us destroying Iowa State and then Iowa State beating up on Oklahoma. I think we are now the Big 12 champs, as well as giving ourselves an opportunity to win the ACC championship. So in, in, a, in a year where we were not in a conference, we might end up winning two conference championships this year through the Transient Properties. So, um, but yeah, I mean, in, in regards to 
clean bill of health for most players. Looks like everyone is kind of handling it well. Can, the spread is contained. We are playing football. Oh my God, I, I need it. Need it like like I need oxygen in my lungs, uh, and, uh, and and we're gonna get it in, in just a couple of short days. So it's very very exciting, and I'm over the moon. How about yourself? Yeah, it's it's been a brutal Saturdays, um, and I'm obviously a big sports fan of other of other leagues and other sports, but none of my teams were playing on Saturday. So Saturday itself has just been super boring, um, which which makes me unbelievably excited for this one. I mean, Florida State is such a great matchup anyway good or bad because there is a lot of uh, rivalry tension there um but let's get into one more thing before we we get going here recruiting we talked about this last week you gave an excellent update on the the state of notre dame football within the week we had big news as well so steve would you like to kind of let our listeners know what's going on and what it means for notre dame football yeah, JT. Uh, he he committed. So uh, was it Jaden Thomas? Yeah. Right. Let me uh, let me look up. Yes, Jaden Thomas. He's from Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia area. Six uh, one to six two, uh, and they said his his weight can fluctuate anywhere from like you know two oh five up to even two fifteen if he wants to pack on some pounds. Uh, his coach described him. He said he's not a fifty fifty ball guy. He's he's an eighty twenty, um, which. It was like, I'm pretty sure the success rate of Chase Claypool on jump balls. So that's exciting stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a guy that can seemingly go on the outside. But we've also got some a lot of tall guys coming in in this class uh, and and preceding classes. Uh, so maybe he plays in the slot or some sort of hybrid role. Either way, uh, anytime again that we, you know, just to reiterate a point from last week that you can go into SEC country, that you can go into Georgia Bulldog country. And uh, and pull out a pretty pretty big recruit. It's it's very exciting. And he's a two sport athlete. I'm pretty sure he might be playing baseball for ND as well. So hell of an athlete, hell of a get. Uh, we were very 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 highly projected to get him. Like this is not very surprising, but uh, it's going a long way in terms of solidifying a class, building around the keystone that is future Heisman winner Tyler Buckner. So this is now three receivers in the class, all of which are well-regarded four stars. Absolutely, yep. And and they are on the hunt for a fourth wide receiver, uh, which is is Dante Thornton. He's that six-five guy from from Maryland. So be on the lookout from him. Right. We haven't received a timeline yet in regards to commitment. Hopefully, relatively soon, and and obviously, hopefully, Irish. And, of course, for those of you who follow particularly 24-7 sports, which in my opinion is the best website to get your recruiting news from, uh, they seem to have the most accurate projectors as well. Um, Notre Dame has now jumped into the top 10. We're ninth in recruiting. We, we jumped Michigan. And we are among the top 10 teams. We have the lowest amount of recruits committed, so we have the highest ceiling for growth. And uh, before Philip Riley committed to the, the cornerback, uh, we were, it was possible to get top five. So there's still a few names out there. Steve went over them last week. Um, but that's just to, to keep you guys updated that things are really rolling. Um, after COVID took a hit on recruiting, it seems like the Fighting Irish are back in it. So with that being said, let's get into the world of college football. Um, I mean, we are a Notre Dame podcast, but we do like to talk about what else is going on, especially as it re- as it reflects to Notre Dame and, and what kind of meaning that has. So... Did you get to watch any games last week, Steve, or were you just too busy with the video games? Uh, pretty much, once again, video games. But I was scoreboard watching, as I always do. 
Um, you know, I have an iPad that I just pull up in front of me and I pretty much just live watch scores all day long. Uh, the Big 12 stinks. They are absolutely brutal. We're going to get into that in a lot more detail and depth because that actually has playoff implications, which I'm sure we're going to cover in great detail. Big 12 stinks. Um, Clemson didn't look brilliant, but they obviously are strong enough to put away a team. And um, I I cannot guess games to save my life. So those are my three takeaways. That That's fair enough. Well, we'll start with the Big 12. And... Um... Basically, for all you guys who are watching, you would have seen the absolute crumbling of the Big 12 Conference, the cannibalization, as we call it. Every year, when we talk about, can Notre Dame get into the playoff as a one-loss team? Because as an undefeated team, they'll always get in. But as a one-loss team, we always bring up, well, you need the Big 12 to cannibalize itself, or you need the Big 10 to. And it seems like this is the year it has happened, because three weeks in, both Texas and Oklahoma not only have a loss, but Oklahoma has two losses, which has effectively put them out of the playoff within three weeks of the season starting. This is amazing since Oklahoma has been in the playoff every year for at least the last three years more. So Oklahoma, and here's the kicker, they play each other next week. The Red River rivalry at AT&T Stadium in Texas, uh, the neutral site zone, that's where the Cowboys play. That will be the home of the game next week, and that could be a de facto playoff eliminator. In my opinion, I think the Big 12 is done already. Texas can't really survive with that loss to a a decent TCU team. Um, But I watched all the games, um, even when I don't have anything to do on Saturday and I want to be productive. Look, college football's on TV. I'm watching college football for nine hours. I just, I can't get around it. Even when I want to procrastinate, it's too easy. So the Texas game was really fun to watch because it wasn't super high scoring and it was very close and it was also the most texas game ever because they fumbled the ball on the goal line with five minutes left to take the lead so tcu (laughs) recovers wins the game and that's of course that's a rivalry game there too so that's puts texas kind of out of it they could theoretically still get in if they ran the table oklahoma on the other hand in prime time Lost to an Iowa State team who Notre Dame absolutely pummeled 10 months ago. Same quarterback, mostly the same team. And it's really questioning what is going on in Oklahoma because that was kind of a defensive game for a lot of it. And then it's not like Oklahoma played poorly. They just, they got beat. They got beat two weeks in a row by a team who shouldn't have beat them. So the Big 12 is an absolute disgrace right now. Iowa State's probably, I suppose maybe Oklahoma State is still in it, but in my opinion, I think this conference is done. Um, and the Big 10 hasn't even started yet. That's how pathetic this has been. I'd like also to talk about the SEC. Um, I don't know if you got a, to, to score watch at all, but we got some big news out of there. First of all, Alabama absolutely mauled Texas A&M. I'm sure you guys saw that. A&M put up a fight for a little bit, and then Bama did what Bama did. That was a big question for me, is I don't know much about this version of the Nick Saban team. So to see them come out that well is scary because, you know, Bama is still Bama. Also, Georgia, I did not see this coming. Did you expect Auburn to get pitifully castrated in Georgia? Not at all. Not at all. I I honestly, exactly how this game played out, I thought it was going to be the exact inverse. And I obviously was was just totally wrong. I mean, we know Georgia's defense is absolutely incredible. They are very, very legit. Uh, Their offense is at times anemic, and sometimes they're 
a slightly average at best. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't see Bo Nix just throwing up an absolute stinker. Gus Malzahn's too good of a coach for that game to be, you know, for him to put up one touchdown. What was it like 27, seven or some shit like that? Um, right. yeah. So, uh, it, it was, it was an ugly, ugly showing for the Auburn Tigers. I, I just told totally called this game wrong. Still not overly impressed by Georgia, but that defense is something ferocious where it does put a little bit of fear in me, if we're being honest. Yeah, a lot of athletes out there. That's what I noticed watching that game. Um, from what I did watch of it, I mean, it was such a blowout. It was not important. But it brings up a good question. Had Notre Dame gone to Athens last year and did what Auburn did, we would have been kicked out of the NCAA. <laughs> we would have been laughed at. We would have been called overrated. And this is why this narrative needs to die. Notre Dame is not overrated. Right, Auburn was overrated. Oklahoma was overrated. Um, I, I just can't believe how poorly Auburn performed because I think Georgia is vulnerable this year. They did impress me, and in my personal rankings, I moved them back into the top five um, for that. A side note, too, Florida beat South Carolina quite easily. It was close for a while, but that's something to keep an eye on because Florida is the new dog in town. I know they were the big boy in town about 10 years ago, but after kind of a rebuild, the Gators are now hanging in there and that's something to keep an eye on. Um, with just a quick note, without Felipe Franks, they have a chance to actually win big games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a ricochet shot, but I'm sorry. I had to be a little bit mean. Florida with a quarterback is a little scary because that's something they've always lacked there since probably Tim Tebow. Um, and, and they've had some good production there. So, ACC, obviously the conference that matters to us was a, it was pretty much a bye week for most people. The only thing of note was um, Pitt lost in a very heartbreaking fashion to NC State. I don't know if you saw this, Steve, but Pitt takes the lead with about a minute left in the game, and uh, they fail on the two-point conversion, if I recall. So then NC State gets the ball with a minute left, marches all the way down the field, and actually scores a touchdown so maybe there was no two-point conversion my memory is a little foggy here but nc state essentially it reminded me a lot of that um do you remember that stanford game in 2014 where everett golson on fourth and 10 at the 30 hits our tight end deep in the corner to win the game as time basically expires i don't know if you've recalled that no i do i remember i believe it was durham Smythe. yes um so that is that almost happened again. North Carolina State did a very similar play, and they knocked out Pitt. So this whole Pitt might be a threat thing seems to be illegitimate. Um, and then Clemson beat UVA, like you said. It wasn't super impressive. They, they did let them hang in there. But um, at the end of the day, Clemson did put them away in the fourth quarter. So something to keep an eye on there. The ACC, of course, is really packing some heat. Um, and then the AP poll came out today. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, Notre Dame stays fifth. Not that polls matter anymore. It just gives you an idea of where, you know, people see all these programs. Um, the the reason I want to bring this up, though, is four ACC teams are in the top ten. I don't know if any of you guys saw this at all, but um, Clemson comes in, obviously, at number one. Notre Dame's five. Uh, Miami, I believe, is seven. And then UNC is eight. So the funny, the funny thing is the ACC, which gets laughed at as being the weakest conference— which we laughed at for getting an easier schedule when joining, currently has four top 10 teams, which is more than, off the top of my head, I think any other conference. So that's pretty impressive, I think, for the ACC. Did you see this coming at all, Steve? Four teams in the top 10? 
UNC, I did like they basically came out of nowhere. They were not on my radar. Um, Miami, they they're always at risk to be frisky. <laughs> uh, I love that term. Miami always has a chance to get into the top fifteen, top ten, and make some noise. They uh, until they sustain some you know some success over the course of you know two, three, four year periods then I, I never take them too seriously. But when Miami's riding a heater, and especially when they have an incredible quarterback like to Eric King, they can make some absolute noise. And I, I think, uh, you know, they have a big matchup this week, I'm pretty sure, which we'll get into. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, UNC came out of nowhere, not surprised by Miami, but l- would like to see, it, you know, if they have any staying power. Uh, and then, obviously, there's ND and Clemson. So, you know, it, it, it's watered down a little bit. You know, you take in, into account that there's no uh, there's no Pac-12, which I mean, there might have been one team in the top ten. Uh, there's no Big Ten. Uh, you know, which probably would have had two, possibly three teams in the in in the top ten. No, so they're there. They they voted on them. Ohio oh. State is sixth, and Penn okay. State I think is ninth, and then Oregon came in at around twelve. Oh, um, so I think this. It's I surprising apologize. to me. I think the big reason is that there are so many upsets. And that's kind of pushed a lot of top 10 teams down. So the question I have you and the question I have the listeners, does this feel like there's more upsets happening this year? Or have we just forgotten how college football works? But Or is this just genuinely a very different year where there are way more upsets than usual? I think that this is a hybrid of the two. It's I, I, I forgot how sports worked just because my brain just like COVID brain, obviously. Uh, I think everyone kind of forgot the thrill and, and how everything works. Um, cause it just, it did not feel normal whatsoever getting back into the swing of things this year. And then, uh, also there have definitely been more upsets. I mean, when's this is the first time I believe in like a matter of decades that Oklahoma has lost two games in a row. Um, it's, it's very strange. It seems like anyone can lose on any week and, um, yeah, I mean it it's I think the last time there was a year like this was wasn't it the year that like West Virginia got all the way up to number 2 and then they got knocked off by like UC, USF at that time and I feel like there was an upset literally every week like Texas Tech beat Texas you know with Michael Crabtree at I think that was like 2004 2005 thinking like Pat White and Steve Slayton back at West Virginia. So like, I don't think we've had a, a year genuine like that for a long time. There's been some, you know, some, some good years for upsets in, in recent history, but that year in, was particularly insane. And we are already on, on, uh, a, off to a very hot star. And I think a, a, a big part of that is, you know, you uh, have a lot of programs that didn't get as much practice, not as much walkthrough, not as much coaching up. And right now, um, you know, some, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I think, uh, I think the, the disparity, disparity between coaching staffs, uh, is really showing off. Um, and I think a lot of top tier programs are just able to live off the fact that they're able to get great athletes, but they don't particularly have the best coaches. I'm looking at Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that if you're able, regardless of your level of athletes, if you're able to coach guys up, especially in a shortened off season, I think this is where we're seeing the dividends being paid in terms of, of upsets coming into play. What are your thoughts? I'm not sure. I wonder if part of it is just a lack of preparation with obviously COVID and, and the lack of um, practicing throughout the summer. 
Um, it's it's fun. It makes everything entertaining. Um, I, and plus, it's so weird without having the Big Ten there and the Pac-12. You just you don't know what's going on, really. Um, so it does feel like an odd season. And I think once the Big Ten comes back, if we see this continue, like if we see Penn State get knocked off and Ohio State get knocked off, then then it would feel like this is an absolute bananas season. Um, but unless you have anything else to say about, you know, the college football world, any teams in sp- specific, um, we could get into the prediction game, something we've been doing for a while. All good? Yeah. So last week, week five, um, you and I got screwed over by an overtime game. West Virginia beat Baylor. Um, Baylor threw an interception in the overtime the, in the second overtime period, and that cost us. P-Wagon is absolutely on fire. He went 3-0. Three, three and oh. um, He is 10-2 and two now on the season. You're 4-8. and eight. Uh, Michael, our, one of our best uh, fans, is 4-5, and five, and we're eight, and myself, 8-4. and four. So this week, I have made the executive decision to make it a five-game prediction week like we did last year um the sec has enough interesting stuff going on the big Ten's about to come back so instead of three games we're going to five so steve i hope you're ready first game let him him rip and by the way i thought i was going to be okay taking just straight up chalk last week basically uh and and the 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 fade steve movement i think has almost got to be in full swing at this point because i just cannot buy a victory but but uh please lead us into game one yes whatever he picks you guys should bet against that is the absolute truth um and to be fair we all really took a whiff on auburn last year i mean you myself and uh, michael we all thought that the underdog there were seven point underdog would win and uh we look like fools now so let's get into the first game uh there's a bunch of noon kickoffs so they're all the same time the 19th ranked virginia tech Hokies are going to the North Carolina Tar Heels. This is the 19 versus 8 ranking. Huge ACC matchup. They're both 2-0. Steve, have you put some thought into this one? I've put too much thought into this one. Too much. Normally, Virginia Tech is better than, uh, than UNC. But this year, UNC is significantly better, and, and I, I think they have a pretty decent coaching staff, and, and all things considered, they're playing pretty well. But now that there's mounting pressure on UNC, are they going to be able to live up to a top-10 team? But they're at home. But I, it, like that's, that's how I've been thinking and drawing it out. So I've be, under normal circumstances, I would say I'm going to ride with Virginia Tech, but I'm going to fade myself. So I'm going to go with – I'm rolling with UNC. So I don't know. That's probably not going to work out well for me because I really like Virginia Tech in this game, but I'm, I'm riding with UNC just to try to fake myself out. That is some galaxy brain galaxy level preaching. reasoning. Yes, it is. <laughs> you... <laughs> Do you struggle with anxiety at all? ADHD. Okay, over- overthinking things. Yeah. Um, Although I'll give you full credit here, I think this is a lot closer than people think. I don't think the ranking, the the rate, the rankings, are a fair um, example of how close this is going to be. Virginia Tech beat a good NC State team week one. Um, I thought a lot about it too. I'm also going North Carolina. 
Um, the reason being the difference for me is quarterbacks, and they tend to have, I think, a better quarterback in this game. Um, so North Carolina it is. I believe, as we'll may as well throw it in there too, I believe P. Wagon also took North Carolina. So second game, big rivalry game. I think it's if things go a certain way, the Big 12 is absolutely done. Red River rivalry, Texas at Oklahoma. It's a neutral site game, but that's the way it is this year. Who do you got, Steve? Yep. Um, my heart says that Texas is the better football team. But, no, wait. I, I don't know. Again, so, see, this is I, I'm just overthinking like a son of a bitch. Um, basically, I just want to will this into existence. I need Oklahoma to win. Therefore, both OU and Texas in week four will have two losses each, effectively eliminating both of them from the college football playoff. I hate Spencer Radler. I think he's terrible. I also hate Sam El- Ellinger. I just hate his freaking guts. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I think I'm just going, I'm rooting, I'm picking OU because I'm rooting for OU. So I have to pick who I'm rooting for. And I think that Texas is the better team, but I have to root for OU here. Interesting. Um, I agree. Um, I know Texas is not the team with a losing record, but Oklahoma hasn't really been bad. Um, if you take a look at kind of some of the advanced stats, their their efficiency scores are still good. They are losing tight games to teams who can score, and that's Oklahoma's weakness. Obviously, Texas can do that as well, but I think the quarterbacks are pretty even. I think the coaches, I actually really like Lincoln Riley, but something says that Oklahoma is going to, for me at least, just going to win this rivalry game. I think they are going to knock Texas out of the playoff as well, which would be mm-hmm. just hilarious. Um, so I'm going with the Sooners. I also, I don't hate either program, but I, I have kind of a little soft spot for Oklahoma. Um, so Boomer wow. Sooner it is for me this week. I'm the complete inverse. I, I actually hate OU, uh, but I, I do have a soft spot in my heart for, for Texas. So, uh, and, that because and that's of Friday exactly, Night Lights. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to love Texas because of Friday Night Lights. There's no other way if, if or, or ands or buts about it. But uh, P Wagon did in fact take Texas, so so horns up for him. Uh, so that that was his choice. But yeah, I, I'm I'm partial to Texas. If if I were a recruit, that you know they would definitely be in my top five for consideration. So a great program that they just can't seem to put their stuff together. But and also I, I think in this game, a quick point I wanted to make is you have to think that Oklahoma has their back against the wall essentially. They, they have to win this game. There's no choice because Lincoln Riley is basically almost to a point playing for his job. Which is crazy considering what he's done already. And I part of me kind of hopes he gets fired and then maybe Notre Dame can steal him or something. But we're pretty good for time here, so I'm going to sidetrack us. First thing, since 2012, Notre Dame has a 74% win percentage in college football. Texas in that same period is at 56. Please... For the love of all that is good, stop comparing Notre Dame to Texas. Even if you think we're overrated, we are not Texas. We've had two undefeated seasons in that time. We've played for a national championship. We've played for a college football playoff. We are not Texas. Texas is like Tennessee level. Tennessee level overrated, and I won't even say Michigan. Michigan isn't as overrated as Texas. That's how bad Texas is just as a program in the last decade. Now that I got that off my chest, something we talked about, Friday Night Lights, we agree that the TV show is better than the movie, correct? Oh, 100%. I mean, don't get me wrong. The movie's still incredible, but 
when given the choice to watch an hour and a half long movie or like seven seasons of the greatest show to ever exist, I I think it's a pretty much a no brainer. Uh, plus, Tim Riggins is not in the movie; he's in the show, and Tim Riggins Boy. is just the best. So the uh, actor for Tim Riggins is Canadian, by the way. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch, and he he plays hockey. Um, yeah, he's he's just the man. So he's he's a great actor, great guy. Like him a lot. And and this is an extremely controversial take that we're doing on the podcast without P Wagon because P Wagon is very much and very adamant in favor of the movie over the TV show. So this is a little blasphemous. But what do you guys think? Because for us, I think it's clear um, the Dylan Panthers were they that in the movie as well? Um, Odessa Permian Panthers. Right. Yeah. No. I like I like the the Dylan Panthers. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Full hearts. Can't lose. Right. Moving on. Let's go to the SEC. The reason I picked this matchup is because I think despite what your first thoughts might be, this is going to be a closer game than expected. The Florida Gators are going to the Texas A&M Aggies, 4 versus 21. Steve, what are you thinking here? The only thing that's holding me up against taking Florida Gators uh, is that Kellen Mond, the QB for Texas A&M, if you look at his uh, splits, uh, splits, excuse me, <clears throat> between his home and away games, he is absolutely horrific and horrendous on the road, and he is extremely good at home. Uh, he actually didn't have a terrible stat line against Alabama. Um, I think he had three touchdowns and 300 yards, and with no interceptions, if I remember correctly. But again, you know, I scoreboard watch before the entire college football, so to have every stat in my brain is a little bit difficult. But uh, so he didn't play terrible; he played decent on the road against Alabama. Just Alabama is obviously a wagon. Um, so maybe Kellen Mond catch fire, catches fire, and and he can lead his team to an inspiring victory, keep them in the top 15, keep them in some sort of contention for something. I don't see it. Uh, I mean, Florida has had some really, really good recruiting classes over the last couple of years, and they have some unbelievable athletes and a QB that's not, uh, what's his name? Who cares? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I would put the Gators on upset alert, but I am tentatively picking the Gators. Yeah, I think our rationale here is quite the same. The reason I think this is an interesting game is, like you said, the Texas A&M quarterback is actually pretty decent. He got completely screwed by a wide receiver drop on fourth down that would have kept this game tight with Alabama. Um, So both quarterbacks are good. Florida's defense looks vulnerable this year. They gave up a lot of points to Old Miss, and they gave up a lot to South Carolina. They were moving the ball on them early. I think this is going to be a close game, and I do not think the Florida Gators are a top-five program. I think they are right now, and I have them ranked there. But I think at the end of the season, they'll come back down to earth a little bit. But I don't think the Aggies are going to get it done. I think Florida's better. I think Texas A&M is not as good as people think they are and that's not very good to begin with mm-hmm. so i'm going with the gators there as well um if i recall correctly p wagon also picked the gators so we're kind of all in agreement here even though these are all top ranked matchups i looked at the best most exciting games to pick this is what we got so moving on cc matchup and this is another interesting one 
very similar situation, actually. The Tennessee Volunteers ranked 14th. They are 2-0 and this season. They're going to Athens to play the Georgia Bulldogs. This is another one where we expect the better team to win, but Tennessee's been quite good, and they've put away their, their, their teams they've played this year, and they're always one of those ones who recruit well and are supposed to be coming back. Um, what do you think, Steve? Um, so P-Wagon took the Georgia Bulldogs here, and I am rolling with Rocky Top. Let's go, Tennessee. Uh, feels like 98, baby. Coach Duggs, let's let's bring it home. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, I, I think that the uh, Tennessee offense is much better than the Georgia offense. Georgia defense is significantly better, but... You just never know. It's a uh, a crazy year. I almost said wild, wild and crazy at the same time. So wild uh, year for for college football. Uh, there's been too many upsets already to just kind of not assume that something else is is coming down the pipe here. So uh, I'm gonna roll with uh, with the the Vols. How about yourself? Well, I'm glad we're disagreeing because this could have been two weeks in a row where we had everything the same, and that would scare me. <laughs> um, I think everything you said is valid. I think Tennessee is going to put up a good fight, but I, I think Georgia is going to win this game. They could get complacent like they did last year against South Carolina, but I think at home, I think I like the Bulldogs. But that'll be another interesting one too, right? That's going to be potential huge upset, right? Tennessee, can they? it's a big game for them too, right? Can they finally prove that they're back? I know that's such a trope now and such a meme about Texas, but it applies to Tennessee. And I think Tennessee as a program desperately needs this since they're never going to beat Alabama football again. Um, So let's get to the main event, college game day. This is easily, in my opinion, the sexiest matchup in week six of college football. Mm -hmm. We got the Miami Hurricanes, the U, going to, and it's unfortunate that they're playing on the road, but they're going to Death Valley and playing the first-ranked Clemson Tigers. Steve, give us your hottest take. Um, Clemson doesn't have a great secondary, and Derrick King is going to have himself a game. That's my hot take. But my cool throne take, whatever, however the hell you want to call it, uh, Clemson's going to win the game. Um, this has the makings of a one-score football game. I'm definitely going to tune into this one uh, after the Notre Dame game and and because uh, this is going to be an exciting watch. Uh, this is going to be prime time, presumably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I, I think uh, Clemson pulls out a tight one, but they're going to be tested, and and uh, I think it's it's going to be good for them to be tested. I, I think it's it's going to put a little, hopefully a seed of doubt in their minds going forward as as they eventually come to South Bend. Yeah, I I thought long about this one. Um, I I'll start with the betting line. I took a quick peek to see where the line was, and it's it's opened at at least on Bodog, uh, Clemson minus fourteen, which seems high to me. I think that's going to be bet down. And if I were to make a bet right now, Nine I would half. put my I'd put my money on Miami to cover fourteen. I think this is going to be a tight game because both quarterbacks are good. We are huge fans of King. Obviously, we know what Trevor Lawrence is. I think this is going to be a very, very good football game. 
But like yourself, I'm taking Clemson. I think they're just going to be too good at the end of the day. But just think about it. What if Miami beats Clemson? You'd be setting yourselves up for a hurricane, fighting Irish, ACC title, if we were to beat Clemson. So I'm super excited about that. I know P-Wagon took Miami because P-Wagon is full of hot takes. So if you're if you're riding the hot hand, P Wagon might might make that happen. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the on any of the games before we go to Florida State? It would be one hell of an experience for our only year in the ACC if we were to beat Clemson at home, you know, as underdogs, and then after they had lost to Miami, and then we get Miami as a Catholics versus convicts. ACC championship game that will be awesome so I, I'm gonna be low-key rooting for that that exact scenario to play out which is a Clemson loss this week then a Clemson loss against Notre Dame obviously I want Notre Dame to win all the time and then uh and then you know a Catholics first convicts uh you know AC would just be off the charts and we definitely have to avenge that loss we had a couple of years back uh obviously so um yeah I mean I don't know. I, I have so many thoughts that I can put out there because I have an, an ADHD riddled brain, but let's, it's just better that we move on. But dang, what an exciting matchup. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Although, hey, by your own logic here, you picked Oklahoma to win because you wanted them to win. And now you're <laughs> cowarding out when it comes to Clemson, Miami. This yeah, is... I also need to catch up in the win column against you guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's why I moved it to five games, so there's more chance for you to Fair. to either get in or blow behind. Well, yeah. it's all it's all in your hands. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So let's get to the feature matchup. I can't believe we're actually doing a preview again. It seems like it's been so long, but the Florida State Seminoles. I got to be honest with you, and I do consider this a bit of a rivalry game. And I know I'm the historian here, but I have actually thought that Notre Dame and FSU have played way more than they've actually done in history. I just looked it up now. I thought it was similar to the Miami series, and I thought it was a similar outcome where they've had some great games, but Notre Dame leads by like 10. Not true. Um, Notre Dame and Florida State have only played nine times. And in fact, Florida State has a winning record against us. I didn't know this. I know the teams who do have a winning record against us. I did not think Florida State was one of them. So it's six to three right now which obviously gives us a chance to close in this week. Um, this is a very big game, two big programs, big fan bases, the 93 game of the century. I mean, the 2013 or 2014 game in, in Tallahassee, that uh, awful pick play Ugh. was called for pass interference. I'm not going to get into that because I'll start crying. So like 2018, the year we went to the playoff, show florida state was bad notre dame wore the green jerseys for some stupid reason they wasted that on florida state hmm. and we blew them out things have not gotten better for florida state ever since jimbo fisher left it has been an absolute travesty over there this is a team who played for a national championship six years ago in fact they won a national championship Six years ago. They were in the college football playoff not that long ago either. They've fallen off the face of the earth, and I just hope that's what's going to happen to Alabama when Nick Saban leaves. So we'll get into the little matchup here by the numbers. Florida State is 1-2 on the year. Their losses are to Georgia Tech. They lost 16-13 to against the Yellow Jackets. Then they go to Miami to play their 
arguably biggest rival, them are the Gators, and uh, Miami destroyed them by 42 Doors points. Doors blown off. Doors were blown off. Then this week, they play FCS Jacksonville State, and they won, but they shouldn't really be proud of that because they let them hang in there too long, and in fact, Jacksonville State led for most of the game. So Florida State has had a very, very start of the season. When we look at basic efficiency scores, SP+, Notre Dame is fifth in the country right now. We have the 12th-rated offense and the fifth-rated defense. Now, however, this does include teams who haven't played yet, so it is kind of a projection stat. It's meant to be predictable, not descriptive. So that's that. Florida State, on the other hand, has, compared to our fifth ranking, they are 46th. They are 57th offensively and 44th defensively. So by that, the metrics like us to win. One big thing I like to do, and we like to do on the show, is talk about quarterbacks, because quarterbacks are so important. And this stat is so funny, I couldn't not bring it up on the podcast. So QBR, the ESPN metric that is graded out of 100, has Ian Book as the 32nd best quarterback in the country. He scores at 63.5. Side note, Phil Jerkovic, our lovely Phil, who is now dead to us, is 33rd. He's only one spot behind Ian Book, and that's going to be funny to look at for the rest of the season. Ugh. But that's not what we're here for. The Florida State quarterback, uh, his name's Blackman. I shit you not, is ranked 75th in the country, which is the second worst grade a quarterback can have. Out of 100, he is graded at 19.2. Ugh. They actually just had this uh, this new kid. Uh, what's his name? Jay Travis. Uh, Jordan Travis. I think he just uh, he was the the QB heading into the Jacksonville State game. If I am no, correct. it was uh, it was Blackman. Uh, he played a significant amount of that game. No, I'm I'm not seeing Blackman didn't have a single snap. I see Travis had 17 attempts. He had 210 and a touchdown. And then they had another guy, T. Rodemaker. Uh, eight for 12 for 58 yards and a pick. So actually Blackman's not even playing anymore. They're, they're onto their, their next uh, QB down the list. And I actually see that they, they had three quarterbacks play in their uh, 42 point loss against Miami. So that, I mean, if you have three quarterbacks, I don't even think you have one quarterback. (laughs) So um, (laughs) they're, they're in, they're in a world of trouble right now. They are, they were losing to a Jacksonville state. I mean, I, I, I gotta bring this up because I, I the stats I'm seeing he did play against Jacksonville State. Oh, well, uh, we're getting two sets of stats here. So, in real time, you're seeing uh, behind the scenes glance at the real horseman, the four horsemen podcast. So sorry if there's any misinformation going out there, either by myself or obviously Dylan. But you know, we're just trying to kind of. Uh, get a handle on what the heck we're going to be seeing. And I think that Florida State is is manipulating Google to try to get in Notre Dame <laughs> fans' heads. So that's that's my only take from that. <laughs> Either way, the quarterback is going to be bad. Ian Book is not having the best season, but is going to be a lot better. Um, one last thing before we get into um, your guys' reactions the uh, win probability metric, which kind of evaluates the two teams and, and pumps out a number. Um, and obviously that's not always right, but it's just to give you an idea of, of what's expected. I've never seen it this high in my life. Uh, FPI gives Notre Dame a 95% win probability on Saturday. 
against a in a would you consider them a blue blood program? No. Borderline-ish, okay. but not quite. Yeah, against a historically great program, that is super duper surprising to see 95%. Yeah, I would be, even be surprised to see 80%. I would say, you know, any anywhere from like, you know, high 60s to mid 70s would be pretty much kind of where we'll usually fall in, in a, you know, against teams where we're, um, you know, favored against uh, that are, are still like good programs. But, for you know, it, it, what a fall from grace for this uh, for this program out of Tallahassee. I don't know what's going on with them. They can't find a coach worth a shit. Uh, their recruiting is just terrible, and everything is just seemingly completely falling apart. So I almost feel bad for them, um, but then again, I don't because I hate Florida State for beating us uh, a couple of years back with that stupid pick play. So. Um, and also worth noting, and, and I, we've we've talked about this uh, multiple times before, and, and obviously it's it's going to be a recurring theme, but uh, especially in a year we're in a conference, but shared data points here. Let's just say that there were to be some sort of uh, you know miracle where you know Miami is able to pull off the win uh, against Clemson, you know. Miami had a 52 to 10 win against this team. So we have to show up and we have to ball out. We have to step on their throats. We need, you know, Brian, we need more of Brian Kelly, not being the nice guy, shutting this team out. I don't want to see any points against this, our defense. And we need to just blow the doors off them for a shade shared data point. So, I mean, that's kind of just like my initial thoughts of them. Um, and if you had any that you wanted to hop in, whether it be statistical or analytical, otherwise, you know, let us know. Not really. I just think that's a higher win probability than USF was. I think USF was maybe 80%. So it, it's just sheer shock to see Florida State, even this bad Florida State team, be given a 5% chance of beating Notre Dame, um, which should obviously make nobody feel comfortable because if there's anything about Notre Dame football, it's that we tend to yeah. upset you. So... I guess we could move to a, a Twitter poll we ran for you guys. Um, we asked the question, what are your score predictions? And does ND cover the spread? Now, the early line uh, per Bodog was minus 21. Notre Dame to cover 21 points. So the poll asked ND to cover, ND not to cover, or a push. And uh, 61% of you think that Notre Dame will cover 21 31% think you will not cover 21, and 8% think it'll be 21 exact. So some of the top comments I'm just going to pull out here because um, we love interacting with you guys and we like getting you on the show, whether it's physical or just, you know, in spirit or through something you've said. We like to be a, a mouthpiece for this great fan base. So Dave Hodges uh, at big underscore D Hodges says, no more Mr. Nice Guy. BK puts it on them. Uh, fully agree here. I think uh, Dave Hodges know, knows what's up, and I think that kind of echoes what you just said, Steve, right? No more mm -hmm. Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. Um, do you think that kind of mentality is now starting to percolate in the fan base and even perhaps in the team that we all are starting to see, you know what, enough of this nice guy shit. We're going to go stomp on your throat. Do you think? Do you see this happening in the fan base? Yes. Yeah, so I don't think it was us being the nice guy before, but it was uh, by... 
I, I think that I'll probably speak for a, a large majority of the fan base when I say that it wasn't particularly a mean streak that we had. It was just like, please, God, just win the football game. I don't care how, just please win the football game. Obviously, for your opponents, it would be nice to uh, to always win big, put up the stats, be fancy, you know, look good for the polls. But it was just like, you know what? It's 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 Pittsburgh. If we win by a touchdown, you know, because of Miles Boykin uh, making some great plays down the stretch, then it doesn't matter. Just win the football game, right? That and Northwestern that's Northwestern too. Yep, Northwestern. Uh, Virginia Tech last year, which was just like, you know what? You know, it wasn't great, but you know, we had a fin- fantastic final drive and we just won the game. And, and, you know, that's obviously we're not thrilled about it, but like it, it is what it is. We won, move on. I think a lot of people are getting past the win and move on, you know, survive an advanced mentality into, you know, we should be a junkyard dog. We should be, um, you know, a really in a manner of speaking, quote unquote, mean program where it's just, we are going to show up. We are so much better than you and we are going to blow the doors off of you and you are not even going to know what hit you. And and that's what the mentality should be at this point, which is we should be looking to win every game 52 to nothing like we did two weeks ago. And I, I, at this point, you know, just from the, the trope that you've, uh, you've spoken a couple times here and basically embedded into my brain, Great, uh, good teams win. Great teams cover. I'm at the point where I don't even consider it a a quote unquote victory unless we're covering the spread. So if 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 the spread is 21 here, I want to see Notre Dame winning by at least 35 points. Like just yeah, it seems like a low spread. Crush them, just absolutely crush them. That is the mentality we have to have. Yeah. You know, Ian Book's a game manager, but I also want our game manager QB to go throw for at least 250 yards and three touchdowns and just blow the doors off this team and just just shut them down and just beat the crap out of them. And that's, I think, the mentality a lot of people are kind of transitioning to as we've recruited our way into a really, really solid program. Yeah, and I would say it's not even a mentality of what we want, but almost kind of like an expectation now. That's what I'm getting the vibe from this year now that Kelly said that. It's kind of like we we have this little confidence, a little jump in our step. But uh, thank you, Dave, for the question. Um, But in all fairness to Kelly, it's not like we didn't have that. We had one of the best records against non-ranked teams in college football for the last like five years or whatever. It was something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, We do beat those teams, but you want to see them pummeled right so another good comment the heart stopping games just just win the games you're supposed to (laughs) exactly so uh from our good friend michael mj pelk 21 on twitter he says Andy's defense is absolutely legit we'll give up like 10 or sorry we'll give up 10 like miami did but i don't think we take enough chances on offense to get to 50 again he's predicting 42 10 Uh, i really appreciate that comment i fully agree that our defense is legit does the defense give you special tingles at night? In places that I'm not allowed to say on a PG-13 podcast. This is not PG-13. We are absolutely rated R. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last comment from myself that I commented on the pod with my personal account just to get the ball rolling. Florida State lost to Miami by 42, and some of y'all think the Fighting Irish aren't going to cover 21. This team let FS. FCS Jacksonville State hang with them until the fourth quarter. So what I want to know is what is the rationale? If you don't think we're covering, is it you're afraid of the rust, which I think is very legitimate? Um, or is it because, you know, we're the Super Bowl for Florida State? What is it? 
if you don't think we're covering, let us know. Give us a comment. Tell us why you don't think we're going to cover. But I think that should lead us right into our last segment here with predictions for the game. Steve, do you have a score? How do you envision this game going? Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we were in the neighborhood of like a 52-7. I, I, it, I don't even know if we're going to give up a point. Uh, and I would very much not like to give up a point. I, I would like to believe that we have a better defense uh, than Miami. So the fact that the precedent is set that they went up 52-10, um, I, I would consider this a successful game if we hold them to 10 points or less. Now on offense, you need to see at least 35. The, these are the parameters of which I will be satisfied and say, okay, this team has the juice. And we'll we'll cover juice when we get into next week, but um, but yeah, the, it it has to be at a minimum thirty five ten for this to be a satisfactory game. I'm anticipating forty nine seven. Forty nine seven. Oh man, you're just you're just leeching off me this year. I swear, <laughs> you keep you keep getting in my ballpark. We've been um, doing this for so long; it's like we incept each other's brains. Exactly. Uh, P wagon, by the way, has said 52 to nine for Notre Dame. Um, I really agreed with what you said there. And I felt like you almost stole my talking point. I don't know if we're going to give up a point. You know, I, I think we will, but Florida state's offense is trash. Their quarterbacks are trash and our defense is something special. This could be a shutout. This could be a USF. USF could be a better team than Florida state. I would not be entirely shocked. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up. I think you're spot on. And in fact, <laughs> it's going to be very close for which one of us comes closest because I'm picking 48 to six Notre Dame. I don't think we give up a touchdown. I think they get a field goal, maybe early and a field goal late. And that is it. And I think we take the pedal off the gas at about 35, nothing. So I say we win 48 to six. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm feeling even more confident now than I was five minutes ago uh, because per Brian Kelly, and this is from a tweet from a, uh, from a reporter out in South Bend, uh, Kevin Austin is officially running. You know, he's recovering from a, you know, kind of a nasty ankle or break or fracture, whatever it may have been that basically held him out for about six to eight weeks. He's right around the eight to nine week time frame, uh, So he's pretty much finishing up his rehab. He, Kevin Austin is running. It's possible for him to compete against Florida State, they're saying. We're also anticipating Ben Swarnick, the Northwestern transfer that came in at wide receiver, and Lord Baby Jesus himself, Kyle Hamilton, are both expected to be playing against Florida State. You're telling me you're on your second, possibly third string quarterback down in Florida State, and you have to throw the ball against this secondary, and you're adding in Kyle Hamilton, and you expect to score a point? I've changed my mind. It's going to be 59 to nothing. This is going to be incredible. I am so, so excited. Blow the doors off of them. Step on their neck. Do not be the nice guy. Brian Kelly just absolutely crushed this pathetic team, please. Because now I, you can hear it in my voice. I am elated after seeing that my baby boy Kyle is happy and healthy again. If this is a tight game, I'm editing out that clip and sending it to freezing cold takes. I'm just <laughs> letting you know now. That fair. very fair. Kyle Hamilton, folks. You, what did you pick? You picked forty-nine to seven. So that is 
a 17-point swing. Kyle Hamilton alone has given you a 17-point swing confidence in favor of the Irish. I love it. I'm sure my math is wrong. My predictions stay in the same, but that is such great news. I knew Kevin Austin was getting close. Um, they might play it kind of safe with them this week, but I figured Kyle Hamilton would be good just because it didn't seem like too bad of an injury. Oh, boy. It's it's football season, baby. I forgot what it felt like, <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Anything else to say before we sign off? No. Um, you know, they're... Yeah, I mean, we've shared all the thoughts. We've covered all the games around the landscape. The Big 12 is terrible. Um, I don't know how to react. I don't know what to do with my hands in regards to the uh, the Clemson versus Miami game. And then I, we just need to absolutely crush the team. And, and I just want all of our guys to be happy and healthy. And it looks like the program is getting back on the right direction despite a scare last week. So it's good to be back. Very exciting stuff. And I can't wait till Saturday. How about yourself? Well said, well said. I got one question for you. Do you know how many followers we have on Twitter? I think we're up around 580. We're close. 593. Nice. We're we growing. We are seven, seven followers away from 600, which now is our official goal. By the time we kick off against Florida State, get this account at Horseman Pod to 600 followers. A follow for us is a follow for great content. You're getting the perfect combination of analysis, stats, video, humor, specifically humor. I think it's going to be so great that we're that we're growing and that we're reaching more of you, more of you listeners at home. So if you like the podcast, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple, wherever else you can give reviews, and, uh, and give us a listen. Share us if you can, uh, because we love having you, and uh, we enjoy doing this. So... With that being said, go Irish, destroy the Seminoles. Go Irish, baby. Let's go.